Infirmary Media. In decades, the Matrix and Blade versus Bloodsport and Renegade. Strap on that cap, bust out the power glove. Come fight for what you love. Who coach your popping pins, dropping hand grenades? Van Halen locked in Mortal Kombat with David Gray. Found out ballet in sick. I am made of GNR. Come fight for what you love. Broadcasting from the Bio Bidet Studios, where water does it better. It's the adult audio retro game show where the 80s and 90s do battle because it's your history. We just fight for it. Welcome back to Dueling Decades. Let's meet this week's duelers and the decades they will be fighting for. First off, a newcomer to our show. He's the co-host and producer of the Hysteria 51 podcast, Brent Hand. What is up? How's it going? Yeah, I, I am here for the 90s, and I have 1999. We're going to party tonight, I think is the, the only thing we can do. <laughs> <laughs> and his opponent is a veteran to our program and the host of the Video Rangers podcast. Fan favorite is back, Mike Ranger. Hello, everyone. I'm, I'm Mike Ranger, and I have been sorting through all of Robert Stack's old underwear. I'm a big collector, <laughs> and, and I'm out to solve a mystery. What's the genre? What are we doing? Did you say? No, I didn't. No, I was asking. I was asking Mark. I don't remember if you said it. No, I thought they were going to introduce the. Oh, all right. Well, the- we failed. <laughs> yeah. We did a terrible job. We suck. Sorry. You guys had one job. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We're doing supernatural this week. Yes. I think you guys, Kate, you 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 pandered to me a little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. Maybe. Just a little. But you know, we figured we'd give you something in the wheelhouse. Being a rookie here on the show. Yeah, it's my it's my first time. Be gentle. That's just all I ask. That's why you're going against me, man, because I don't fucking ever win. <laughs> no, Mike, you're coming off a fucking win, man. That's uh, that's debatable. <laughs> oh, I uh, trust me, I can debate on that all day long. <laughs> and as always here on our show, we need someone to adjudicate all of this awesomeness. So let me introduce you to tonight's judge. Or should I say judges? Yeah. On this episode, Mark and the Man Crush will team up to be the Waldorf and Statler of the Supernatural. <laughs> That's right. Because I don't know if I could do this one on my own. This would almost be like true crime where I'd be a bit confused. So I'm glad I have somebody to bounce things off of, come to an intelligent decision on each round, <laughs> and uh, you know, kind of go from there. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the following contest will be held under Dueling Decades rules. The judges' coin flip shall decide who picks first out of the five Dueling Decades categories. Movies, television, music, news, and hot products. A judge's ruling will determine who wins each round, allowing the victor to choose the next available category. The first three rounds are worth one point each, with rounds four and five worth two points apiece. And the winning decade shall be decided by the highest overall score after all five rounds. Listen up, duelers. You smell something? It's time for more Dueling Decades. Sorry, that was me. <laughs> Mark, do you have something to flip? Uh, I'm looking around. I don't have anything good to flip. I have the old-fashioned quarter. Oh, even better. I don't think, oddly enough, never all the toss-offs <laughs> we've had on this show, no one's actually <laughs> ever used a quarter. This is a first. 
I'm a big fan of toss-offs, so I'm glad it came tonight. So, <laughs> Loser has to do the toss-offs. That's how the game goes. All right. All right, Brent, call it. Heads or tails? All right, tails. And it is heads. Woo! It is heads. It's already, I'm off to a race and start already. <laughs> All right, Mike Ranger, you have control of the board. What will be our first category? Well, we're going to we're going to go with news there, Mark, and I'm going to I'm going to tell you why. Cuz I only found one topic. Oh jeez. <laughs> but don't worry, I'm going to talk about it for like 20 minutes. Sweet. <laughs> because on June 7th, 1989 on WPIX Channel 11 if you're in the New York tri-state area, aired a 2-hour TV special called The Exploring Psychic Powers Live. The show was hosted by the Incredible Hulk actor Bill Bixby and offered a cash prize of $100,000 to anyone who could demonstrate genuine psychic powers. The show had performances by Penn and Teller, but it was famous magician, skeptic, and debunker James Randi basically like interviewed all these uh, psychics and people that claimed that they had all these powers. He basically made them look stupid the entire time. Uh, he spent most of his career investigating supernatural claims. Multiple people... Um, that claimed to be gifted had opportunities to prove their abilities and one by one they hilariously fall flat on their face <laughs> love when that happens yeah um sylvia brown who's a famous psychic was on the show and she's going around the audience and she's telling people like that she can feel their aura and she she she's asking people like all these questions about people in their life and like at one point she's like is there anybody in your life named bill that's like, the, yeah, and it's fucking great just watching her just fail. Yeah. Not um, not a one. No bills. Sorry. No bills. Yeah. No, sorry. Don't know. What, but do, do you know anybody that's uh, tall and athletic? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You um, know a man? You know any men that died? Yeah. You know the guy I'm talking about. The guy with the nose yeah. and the hair? Yeah, yeah that yeah. guy. He used to wear shirts and hats sometimes, but not always. Sometimes, yeah. Fucking can't hardly wait reference. <laughs> he had hair and wore shirts sometimes. All right. As they're fucking licking the uh, watermelon <laughs> paps. Nice. Classic Jason Siegel right there. All right. So you only have this one. Let me let me ask you a question before you go any further. Is this uh, so it's more of a news story or a TV story? Uh, that's what I was thinking about, like for a while, because it did air on TV, but it's really kind of more of like an investigation or like a trying to like prove that a lot of these psychics that claim to have all these abilities are really just fraud. And like I believe Sil Sylvia Brown eventually in '92 she was proven guilty of fraud. Nice. It, it's just amazing because like they had this in '89. But then through the 90s, where we grew up, we had the Psychic Friends Network. Common now. Oh, there's all. <laughs> What's funny is I actually went back and I watched this whole special last night. Uh, it's on YouTube. And it's pretty interesting. And at one point, uh, Randy's quoted as saying, uh, we can conclude our brief examination of predictions with this observation. In the week prior to this show, it is especially interesting to note that no one, known or unknown, predicted the unspeakable bloodshed in China the death of the uh, Atola Kamini or the horrible explosion and train wreck in Russia, which claimed over 800 lives. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? Right. <laughs> Didn't see that coming, Nostradamus, but you picked everything else. Yeah. It was yeah. Bill on that train. <laughs> Do you know someone who once rode a train? <laughs> now, was this before or after Penn and Teller did that whole thing where they exposed psychic surgery and the myth behind that? 
Actually, that was early 2000. That, 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 that was um, that was a uh, bullshit, right? Their TV yeah, show, bullshit. Yep. Before they had done it in bullshit, I know, and like they do go into it a little bit in one of their mo- earlier movies, and oh, okay. So I didn't know if it had spawned out of out of this, Mike. So well, sure. they they are on it. They do a bunch of like they do their act pretty much. They're, they're kind of like entertainment, um, but. There is some of that stuff on there, there like uh, the the that kind of surgery. People walking on hot coals. Yeah, you know a lot of that. A guy that with these like two weird sticks who claims he can find water. Dowsing. Uh, a, lo- yeah. a lot of that. Dowsing. Yeah, we know about we know all about the dowsing rods <laughs> <laughs> from our friend uh, Carolusha Una. Uh, all right, so Mike has one story couldn't even find us a bat boy story so that's a <laughs> big negative there but well i didn't want to go with any Brent fake has. news oh that's no good I'm, I'm glad fake no patents news. uh no patents in the news Super no patents I, I was worried about the integrity of the show <laughs> all right all right fair <laughs> enough over to brent hand brent well preserving the te- integrity i did find two stories Uh-oh. uh the first one uh this one was a huge one i, I remember all of this going down uh, and you'll understand why it falls under supernatural. So Judge Burnett denies, this is back in 1999, Judge Burnett denies Damien Eccles' argument that his defense team was ineffective in the original trial and denies Eccles' appeal for a new trial. Uh, that might sound familiar because it was the West Memphis Three. Uh, they were tried for you know, satanic ritualistic killing of three boys. Uh back in the early 90s and the West Memphis three are known they were like I said they were convicted as teenagers in 93 for the murder of three boys in West Memphis Arkansas uh Damien Eccles Jesse Miss Kelly and um uh Jason Baldwin uh Eccles was actually sentenced to death and they were all imprisoned uh for years and years and years until in 2010 a decision was made they they took an alfred plea and were finally released from prison an alfred plea says um i'm still guilty but i'm i'm maintaining my innocence and they're gonna let me out and i don't know if you guys ever saw paradise lost or any of the documentaries about them they these kids listen to heavy metal and and you know read stuff by anton Lavey and stuff like that so they're like well they worship Satan, so we we they had to have killed these boys. Absolutely, uh, no questions asked. This is like you know heart of the Bible Belt BS back in the day. Yeah, for real, dude. That's now this is probably the third time that the West Memphis Three has popped up, and the last time was during the true crime episode uh, two episodes ago. Joe had that. I think it was his movie pick, and he was yeah. talking about um, wasn't even that Paradise Lost. Was that the yeah. one that he was talking yep. about? Yeah. Yeah. And it's all come up for completely different reasons. It's not like the same instance or same date. It's all been related or tied to something else. Shows the importance and the cultural significance of that event as it really reached, because we've talked about it in movies, music, news. It's really. Yeah. Kind I think of... the other episode was the horror episode. I yeah. Think that was. Right. Uh... Dave picked that, I think. Now, if somebody pulls out a West Memphis 3 hot product, I'll be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> the the West Memphis 3 signed uh, satanic Bible that we right. ordered off of Amazon. I got the commemorative plate. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So that that's a huge deal in the 90s. And oh, obviously man, was it? it extends on, you know, and well until into the 2000s. 
Um, all right, cool. So that's your first pick. What's your second yeah. pick? So my next one, uh, this was kind of interesting to me, and it falls right under Supernatural. In 99, the Library of Congress added Night of the Living Dead to the National Film Registry to join other films deemed culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. And if you're not familiar with that, it's the original 1968 uh, movie by George A. Romero, uh, but it made the news because it was the first crazy movie like that that was uh, put into the Library of Congress, and it's zombies. Who who doesn't love a good zombie? Yeah, that's such an important thing. Exactly. Oh my God! It started the whole genre. Yeah, and Holy whether you cow. realize it or not, we all own that movie. That is public domain. Everybody yes, owns is. Night of the Living Dead. So go watch it. Burn it to DVD. Have fun with it with your family. It's a classic. Yeah. Make make your own uh, riff tracks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and post it on YouTube. You can go to town with it. All right, so there are two from Brent and one from Mike. I don't know. What are you thinking on this one? I'll uh, let you kick it off. All right, well, Mike, you only came with one news story, <laughs> so I'm really wondering what else you really could have paired that up with. It is a good news story, though, because I remember at around that time, 89, 90, there was a big push in the media to get rid of you know this, this psychic aura and supernatural and kind of expose it for what it was and you know that it was shenanigans you know i remember a lot of different news stories like that but you did only come with one brent uh you got the west memphis three again for the third time on our show important <laughs> story and night of the living dead come on you can't argue with that and not as a movie but a news story as a news story which is kind of weird so I, I, I have to say, Man Crush, I'm kind of leaning to giving the one point to Brent on this round. Yeah, I think it's the it's definitely teetering a lot that way. And for you know two reasons. One, the West Memphis three thing, like growing up through the 90s, I really didn't care too much about it. So it wasn't, you know, I didn't really notice it. I know it was in the news, but it was just a story, whatever. You don't care about that until you become an adult. Yeah, exactly. It's not like a story that you care about when you're a teenager. Right. And you realize these kids, when you look back at it as an adult, you're like, holy crap, they were like my age. You yeah, know? exactly. And yeah. not really that different than me. And it was kind of scary. So, But yeah. it, just uh, in terms of the show and this popping up three times in three different categories on three different episodes with completely different genres just goes to show how much legs this has. So I, I have to also go with 1999 on this just for that. And the other story, obviously, if you pair that up against uh, Mike's nothing, that also beats that. So, and it's night. Nice <laughs> so, I mean, what the fuck? All right, Brent, you got control of the board. What category All would right. you like? Uh, let's go to television this time. So, the first one, Supernatural. In '99, Buffy the Vampire Slayer spins off its new show, Angel. It runs from 99 to 2004, and the show details the ongoing trials of Angel David Boreanaz, I think is how you say his yep, name, yep. a vampire who got his soul given back to him by gypsies, because that's, you know, everyone's got that story, and he's he is tortured by the thoughts of all the horrible things he's done. So that is number one Angel of vampire. He, do you remember what he looked like? He always looked like he was smelling a bad fart. In that. When, he, <laughs> when he turned into the demon they like pushed his nose up a little bit <laughs> oh yeah all the vampires yeah the makeup was the same for all of them yeah they're <laughs> I don't, 
So yeah, that that's my first one. You know, nothing too crazy there. The number two, because we're doing Supernatural, I had to throw this in. X-Files season seven started in 99 and it takes place after the destruction of a syndicate, which I don't know if you watch the show was a huge and you finally find out that season what happened to Mulder's sister. Uh, uh, David Duchovny played Fox Mulder the whole show. He thought his sister was abducted. So you learn the, the true fate of his sister, Samantha, and the season concludes with Mulder being abducted by aliens and Dana Scully learning that she is pregnant with his child spoilers yeah <laughs> hopefully you've had a little bit of time <laughs> spoiler alert all right mike ranger what is your tv offerings all right this time i've got two so that's a plus well that's good yeah um, well, i've already lost yeah <laughs> all right so beetlejuice the animated series ran from september 9th 1989 to october 26 1991 on abc there were four seasons and 94 episodes the series followed lydia and her best friend beetlejuice in the netherworld a, a supernaturalistic realm inhabited by monsters ghouls and ghosts the series was produced by Tim Burton. It was one of the first series to be broadcast across multiple networks, and it won a daytime Emmy for Best uh, Animated Series in 1990. So it was just syndicated? Uh, basically, it was doing so well for ABC on Saturday mornings that they ended up showing it on Fox, like the, the, the reruns as it was going, and mm. it was one of the first times that something like that had happened. Wow. Wow. So that, that's right. good, right? <laughs> I, I, I don't even know of anything else where I've seen. I mean, obviously, we've seen syndication and we see it pop up on like UPN and WPIX and all these like but secondary channels. But not for channels. a current show. No, that, no, no, it's it's a little weird. Like, I kind of remember that. Go not at that time, but when Seinfeld was still on, I do remember that kind of being on other channels Early, yeah remember yeah, yeah. It, didn't it used to say like also in syndication or something like that it had something across the bottom of the yeah screen? yeah something there was something i can't remember exactly what it was but yeah yeah wow. all right what do you got for your second one mike all right and my my second pick thank you mark um was uh on june 10th 1989 on hbo launched a horror anthology series called tales from the crypt Based on the comic series of the same name, the show ran for seven seasons and 93 episodes, hosted by the unforgettable Crypt Keeper, voiced by John Kasser. I, I hope that's how you say his name. I'm always bad with that. I always thought it was Kassir, but I could be totally fucking wrong. Yeah, some guy named John. Which we always are in pronunciation, so yeah, fuck I, I'm horrible. Um, the show's success led to various spinoffs across cartoons, films, and a game show, and also a radio series. Uh, the complete series was reissued in a box set on June 6, 2017. It's Tales from the Crypt. And two movies, I believe. Yeah. Uh, came off that, too. I don't know Man. if you said that. I zoned Brent, out. <laughs> Brent just he helping you out. <laughs> yeah, right. You right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let, let's take a look at these, Mark. No, this is a pretty solid round, man. I mean, we got Angel and X-Files versus Beetlejuice and Tales from the Crypt. I'm really right. curious to see what you think. All right. Well, I, ha I have to give the edge. I always give the edge to debuts over unless it's like a real hallmark like watershed moment and i think the x-files it kind of is because the sister thing 
And the other watershed moment, I think, in that, I think season eight is where Mulder's gone, right? Is that where he finally... Uh, eight he or the, nine. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, he gets like the yeah. contract dispute and he's... Yeah. Actually, it must be eight because that's why he's abducted and he's not on the that, show. Yeah, because he comes back. He wasn't on for 20 episodes. Yeah. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Yeah. If you were to throw out uh, the season with um, the T-1000 there, what's his name? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Robert. Yeah. Robert Patrick. Yep, yep. If if you were to throw that out, that's an automatic loss because that <laughs> I lost the show. I completely stopped when they brought him in, and then they brought that other chicken. That show went to shit. Yep. yep. Uh, until Mulder came back, you know it's kind of big, but I don't think it's it's bigger than Tales from the Crypt. No. So yeah. in my eyes, I'm I'm going Tales from the Crypt over that, and uh, Mike's pick uh, of Beetlejuice being the debut. I, I got to lean towards eighty nine. Really? Yeah. Yeah, wow. You know what? I actually saw it the exact same way. Uh, <laughs> because, all right, one, I was never a huge X-Files fan. I'm sorry. You know, it just wasn't a show I really got into, so I can't speak on it with any knowledge because other than... Well, <laughs> you know, like so many, there's so many fans that would fight you right now, but yeah. Yeah, well, if you want to talk about Cheers with me, I can go toe-to-toe, but X-Files... I, my wife and I are re-watching the entire Sears... Cheers, Sears. The Cheers <laughs> series right now. We're on season three. Oh, Isn't it right. great? Oh, it's the best show ever, man. It but, is. It's so fucking good. I love Cheers. Holds up. Let me, let me <laughs> ask you, Mark. What didn't you like about X-Files? Did you ever start it from the beginning? I did. I did. I... Again, just the pacing of the show. I wasn't a huge fan of Duchovny's acting when he was younger. I saw him and I'm like, what is this fucking spooky red shoe diaries? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I couldn't get into it. And the storylines jumped around too much. It wasn't a continual story like you saw with a sitcom. Yeah. yeah. It get, it gets, there's an overarching thing that goes on, but. And I didn't yeah, realize that changes. at the time. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. But Beetlejuice, the animated series, you say what you will about that cartoon. It was a success. I really dug the animation style on that. So, and Tales from the Crypt, absolutely legendary. One of my favorite TV shows of all time. So, uh, Mike Ranger ties up the game at one apiece and takes control of the board. I'm sorry, we neither one of us mentioned Brent's other pick. And, oh, what was it, Brent? Oh, Angel. Like, Angel, because it was oh, rough. Angel. Yeah, yeah come on now. Out. I would like to say about Angel, besides him always looking like he's smelling a fart. How is it that David Boreanaz, you talk about bad actors. That dude sucks. And he gets in these roles he's for been like on, 15 what is years. It, Bones, I think, is his yeah. show that he's been on forever. Yeah. You know? It's terrible. It's because he's housewife masturbation fodder. That's it. That's that's the reason, man. Ask my wife. She knows. All right. Well, it doesn't win around, though. <laughs> But that was a debut. I gotta, I gotta give you that because I didn't say it before. So sorry. It was yeah. a debut. It was a debut. All right, go ahead, Mike. All right, we're gonna go with my uh, my next worst category. Uh, we're gonna go with music. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna... I've been waiting for this category. <laughs> okay, so on August first, nineteen eighty nine, Madonna released the third single off her "Like a Prayer" album, titled "Cherish." And a song called Supernatural was on the B-side. <laughs> oh, deep cut. Uh, the, what's interesting about that song is that it was recorded during the Like a, like a Prayer sessions, but was not released on the album. So the only way you get it is on that single, and then they re-release it later on. 
Spotify. Yeah. So Supernatural. Nice. Good find. Big hit. Um, <laughs> and then on June 20th, 1989, we saw the release of the Ghostbusters 2 soundtrack, producing hit singles like Bobby Brown's On Our Own and Ghostbusters remixed and performed by Run DMC. Yes. <laughs> Which is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely atrocious, man. They ruined that shit. It's the only time Run DMC has ever sampled something and made it worse. Like, <laughs> for the purpose of their own music. It was bad. Dude, it's like that new... Have you heard the new Lion King song? Beyonce <laughs> and, uh, You're fucking... asking me if I've listened to the new Lion King song. What, what's that song? It's like, can you feel the love? You yeah. know that song? What, what's the name of that song? Is it Can You Feel the Love Inside? Is that what it's called? Uh, tonight, can I You think. Feel the Love Tonight, I think. Tonight, tonight whatever. Yeah. Inside. Elton tonight. John, right? Inside of you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but the new one sucks balls. Like, it's terrible. The new song? But people are, like, sucking its dick. I don't know why. It's fucking bad. That's because pe- people's musical tastes have gotten so fucking bad. Oh, right. God. Anyhow, I... I sorry. Didn't mean to go on a tangent. All right. <laughs> so we got... Madonna's release of Supernatural and Ghostbusters Huge. 2 soundtrack. I actually like the Ghostbusters 2 soundtrack. So. Oh my god. Well, you know, it does have that um that um I like the Bobby Brown jam. It's catchy as shit, dude. Yeah, but it's also got uh the song that plays at the end when they're in the fucking Statue of Liberty. Like your love is lifting, lifting me high. Uh, yeah, yeah that's that. great. That's a great oh song. Oh my god, yeah. guys. It's Jackie Wilson. The toaster loves it. <laughs> the toaster was a fan all right brent all right so music my first one a huge huge album so many so many singles came off it carlos santana supernatural 99 oh. uh smooth <laughs> is played everywhere rob thomas was on vocals uh also uh maria maria and uh put your lights on with everlast were were huge uh singles out there commercial success it reached number one in 11 countries including the u.s for 12 weeks and it's certified platinum 15 times God. over the first song smooth the first uh charting single off there it was actually charted uh on the billboard hot 100 for 12 weeks uh maria maria uh, was in the U.S. Uh, for charts for ten weeks, and it sold over thirty million copies, and it won a whole bunch of Grammys, uh, eight Grammys. He actually tied Michael Jackson for the most Grammys in one night off oh, of that. Shit. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. So it was a huge, huge album, and you couldn't escape it. in you know, the first couple of years after it came out. Yeah, I got a quick story about that. Right when that album dropped, I was in college and I had my radio show which, of course, focused around jam bands, hippie bands. So putting together my playlist, I would contact the publicist for all these different bands and artists. So I contacted the publicist for Santana, talked to her about my show, and she sent me a Santana's press kit and a bunch of his CDs to play on the station. And she was telling me, yeah, Santana's about ready to come out with this new album, and we think it's going to be pretty big. The next month, it was Supernatural that dropped. So, wow, yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. And did he come on? No, we couldn't get him on because of the album. She's like, shit's going to get pretty crazy. I got the press kit and a bunch of the greatest hits stuff to play and uh, a little preview of what was coming on the album. So that was kind of awesome. cool. Yeah. God, that was enormous. Uh, my second one, 
uh, is the Battle of Los Angeles by Rage Against the Machine. Now, if you're not familiar, um, Battle of Los Angeles was a February 25th of 42 battle in Los Angeles, also known as the Great Los Angeles Air Raid. They were rumors that it could have been a Japan that was attacking. A long story short, that night they fired over 1,400 12.8 pound anti aircraft shells into the sky, thousands of 50 caliber round uh, gunfire at something. It's a famous photo. If you look it up, there's a bunch of spotlights that are, are on something that looks like a UFO. So people said it was a UFO. They fired at it for over an hour, and it slowly left the airspace, and they hit nothing. And there's also videos off of that. Uh, the video for Testify has aliens in it, and it was produced by Michael Moore. So kind of a, a double on the the supernatural part. Wow. Damn. Did they ever figure out what it was? No. So people. So the official said that you know if it wasn't the Japanese people, it might have been a weather balloon. But the last time I heard, weather balloons aren't, you know— um, impervious to, <laughs> yeah, not only that, anti-aircraft shells that were just exploding. And, and this was uh, 99, so it's not like hologram technology and projectors well, so, were that good. This happened so, in 42. This happened in 42, but the 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 Battle oh, of Los yeah. Angeles, Rage Against the Machine, uh, they named their I mean. album after. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so 42, 42 is even more. Right, Absolutely, right. yeah. <laughs> and it, it just destroyed all, all sorts of things in Los Angeles because these shells go up and they come back down and it destroyed cars. And, and I don't think anyone died, but uh, yeah, horrible, horrible thing. God, it's so amazing that they love using uh, the weather balloon. That's like their number one, yeah. especially back then. It was always like, oh, it's a weather balloon. Oh, Area 51, oh, it's a weather yep. balloon. They still yeah. use that shit, man. Man, I tell you what, it's funny. We had a guy call in uh, that we talked to. He sent us some stuff, sees pictures. He's like, I'm out in the desert, man. I don't know what this is. And uh, it's it's moving. It's spinning on its own. And he sent us his GPS coordinates, and we put it into Google. And immediately there is a radar balloon that people always mistake for a ufo there i'm like it's pretty much a weather balloon <laughs> like, one of the first ones i'm like damn it i don't even want to say it is but yeah Man, we just, just need balloon. to start making weather balloons that look like ufos yeah right right <laughs> well obviously there's, they already do yeah <laughs> there's that ufo identification poster i don't know if you've seen it and every one of them says like weather balloon weather balloon weather balloon sm swamp gas weather balloon and there actually is a weather balloon that says ufo <laughs> what? What? yeah why don't they just write fucking weather balloon on it so right. nobody questions the fucking thing they're not shooting bullets at it it's because weather balloon is actually alien for attack vehicle so they yeah, can't yeah, do yeah. that it loses something in the translation, right. but it holds up. It's right. Why wouldn't the aliens just come here in all weather balloons and attack us? <laughs> we would never know. They're impervious to, to shelling and, and, and 50 caliber fire, too. So, God. Whew. All right, Jeez. Man Crush, start off the ruling on this round. What do you oh, got? Oh, geez. I, well, Mike started out with, you know, the supernatural by Madonna, the B-side to Cherish, I believe is what he said. Yes. Yeah, so, correct. uh. You know, that, I give him credit for that. It's a nice deep cut right there that he found. But, you know, putting it up against Supernatural by Carlos Santana is like bringing a knife to a gunfight. Like, you just, yeah. there's there's no comparison. I actually didn't realize, I knew it was huge, but I didn't realize it sold 30 million albums. with 15 times platinum. It's fucking nuts. I mean, when you think about um, the Alanis Morissette album that we talked about a couple episodes back, which is like, I think, the number seven all time. And that yep. was... 35 36 million 
So that's huge numbers. That's, you know, a top 10 figure. Uh, and then the fact that it had uh, eight award or eight uh, Grammys, Grammys to go, you know, so that's huge. I, I definitely, definitely got to go 99. Yeah. It reminded me of a West Side Story. <laughs> <laughs> the Jets and the Shocks. Yeah. I got to agree with you on this one. Uh, you know, the Ghostbusters 2 soundtrack was kind of cool. And that's a really deep cut on the Madonna one. But Supernatural is just one of those great all time albums. And uh, Battle for Los Angeles. That's just a really cool story, man. Yeah. It's a cool story, and that's that's a good find, man, and yeah. to dig that up. And obviously, you would put two and two together. I think a lot of people would just, you know, yeah. Look you, over if that. you don't know what that means, you probably would have just overlooked it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. for sure. During Owner Appreciation Month, well-qualified returning Grand Cherokee lessees get a low mileage lease on select 2020 Grand Cherokee Laredo E4x4 models and dealer stock for $219 a month for 42 months with $3,799 to a signing tax title license extra. Call 1-888-925-JEEP for details. Requires due to contribution lease of Chrysler Capital. On oldest 20% inventory of 2020 Jeep Cherokee Laredo models as of 1-3-2020 and dealer stock. Current lease must end by 2-1-2021. Extra charge for miles over 35000 Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery by 2-3-2020. Jeep is a registered trademark. All right, Brent. All right, two-point rounds. Well, let's start it off with hot products. Here we go. Mike's favorite. Uh, the first one. This was a big one, huge, and it even got bigger after this. The book Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, oh. Azkaban, I think is how you say it, is released. It's the third Harry Potter book in the series by J.K. Rowling, and that one it actually follows Harry Potter, a young wizard, in his third year at Hogwarts, uh, along with his friends. They are trying to investigate Sirius Black, an escaped prisoner from Azkaban, who they believe is one of Lord Voldemort's old allies. So, and that was actually one of my favorite movies of that uh, they made into. Wow, that's two, a really uh, dark one, right? Like yeah. it's uh, yeah, not as yeah. kiddish, right? And you don't know what's happening, and the kind of flips and twists at the end, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Let it be known, this is the very first time in our program, I believe, Harry Potter has ever been brought up. Yeah, yeah. I always look for it. I swear, every time we've had the nineties. I look for hot products. I always look for a Harry Potter book, but I'd never gotten it. So yeah. congratulations. And she's also been in the news, J.K. Rowling, because she keeps going back and like rewriting people's backstory and is pissing everyone off, like making people gay or doing like, you know, uh, so-and-so was into BDSM. She's telling all these things <laughs> on Twitter and it's like freaking people out. And she's like, oh, you didn't know Hagrid when he's not uh, working. He's, uh, you know, like masturbating on fungus i don't know like weird shit like that and she's doing this and just pissing everyone oh, off fucking genius man he's a yeah. lunar yeah it just keeps <laughs> it keeps herself and those stories relevant and people talking about it right right so, right right good for her nobody has nobody has a lunar story that would have totally won you the round that's kind of supernatural right like people that have uh erotic fantasies about popping balloons with their asses if, you, if you've never seen it before, go on YouTube and just look up Lunar. Yeah. Like Ballooner. Is and, it, it's, uh, in the, wow. it's in the same genre as like cake fart videos or something yeah, like that? Yeah, probably. But it's like a real deal thing. Like these people really love, like they get off to like popping balloons with their asses. But uh, I digress again, going off on a tangent. <laughs> All right. Number two, this one was huge, even though it turned out to be a turd. Hot Products was the, like the number one selling things that your Star Wars toys, the Phantom Menace came out and the toys were everywhere again. And all these guys that were 
old enough now we're buying them and keeping them and put them in boxes and stuff like that. So yeah, but yeah, Darth Maul and all the new Qui-Gon Jinn, they were huge in 99. Also brought us Jar Jar Binks toys. Oh, you fucking uh, ruined it. I left it, I left it Man, out. I was just about to say, Brent, I'm going to give you extra points for not mentioning the one we do not speak of. <laughs> I left it out on purpose. I will never. I think that's the second episode in a row that uh, Jar Jar Binks' name came up. Uh, who did, I named a character like it was a Jar Jar Binks character from a movie that reminded me of Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Just ruins everything. It does. But uh, I ha- we can't forget about him because uh, he was pretty much the biggest piece of shit about that movie that kind of just ruined it. And that in the uh, four hour fucking race scene that they didn't need <laughs> right right and uh, you know midi chlorians it's just it's it's crap that's inside you and uh yeah i don't know yeah. yeah not a good one nope no no but it's a lot of toys it did yeah <laughs> any star wars they could have been like luke's shit toy yeah yeah squeaks that would have been a number one seller all right mike ranger <laughs> what do you got for hot products man all right well in august of 1989 the Sega Genesis launched in America with a home port of a hit arcade game from 1988 packed in. That game was Altered Beast. The game takes place in ancient Greece and you play as a centurion who is resurrected by Zeus to rescue Athena. Your character uses power-ups to change into different kinds of beasts. Anyone who's ever owned or played a Sega Genesis or Mega Drive remembers this game. It was ported to multiple systems and continues to see releases to this day. If you buy a Sega plug-and-play or a Sega collection, this game is always included. Who can forget Zeus's voiceover in the beginning of the game telling us to rise from your grave? Despite Power its popularity up. in arcades, it was it was not the pack-in game that sold the, the Sega Genesis. That honor would go to Sonic the Hedgehog a few years later. Yeah, I actually have a Sega plug-and-play with Altered Beast on it. Love this game. Fantastic. Although you never could understand what he says in the beginning. Rise from your grave. Like, the audio <laughs> is so bad. <laughs> All right, Mike, what do you got for your second offering? All right, uh, so my second one, most people probably aren't going to really know what this is, but it, it's a lot more important than it sounds. On December 15th, 1989, Capcom released Sweet Home for the Nintendo Famicom. The game is based on a Japanese horror film of the same name. The game is a role-playing survival horror game. Players explore a mysterious mansion and encounter ghosts and other supernatural enemies. If any of this sounds familiar, that's because a few years later, this game laid the groundwork for the most popular survival horror franchise of all time, Resident Evil. In fact, most of the elements of the game are responsible for the entire survival horror genre. It might be one of the most important and revolutionary games ever released on the Famicom, way ahead of its time. Resident Evil is basically a remake, allowing Capcom to do all the things that they couldn't do on the Famicom 8-bit system. It's influenced all of its sequels. It's not a game that most Americans are, are, are going to know, but it's pretty ambitious considering what your limitations are to this system. And just knowing that Resident Evil is basically everything that they couldn't get done on that and you don't have a silent hill you don't have a resident evil you don't have tons of other survival horror games without this right or this they they the the engine that it's built on the the mechanics they they basically shape the genre right famicom was cool too because they they 
they could put bigger games on there because it had the disk drive and they actually yes. had a, an extra sound channel too so they could add in sounds that you couldn't get in the american console so yeah that's pretty cool all right mark ah uh, man what do you think you started this one off all right well you know harry potter that definitely has some weight because it's the first time it's it's come up on our show when i think of harry potter i don't necessarily think of the 90s i think more of the 2000s but technically it is a 90s thing because of the books uh and then the star wars phantom menace toys <sighs> not my favorite star wars toys to tell you the truth but they were huge that's all you saw everywhere matter of fact i think if you go into any dollar general you'll still see star wars <laughs> phantom right. menace toys that that's my point right there mark i think with this one you're right it did sell a ton but it's also the series i think where there was they flooded the market so much right that nobody gives a shit about the phantom menace toys maybe i'm wrong maybe there's some serious collector out there that's like oh the third alteration of you know anakin's fucking ass double ball like i don't i don't know i don't care uh i just think that nobody it's hard really to find a good ass double that. these days so, yeah. <laughs> yeah especially when you're a kid um but, but, i know I've, I've been out of work for years <laughs> i i agree with you on that i agree with you i think that's um i kind of canceled that one out yeah what'd you think about mike's picks all right so on mike's picks altered beast definitely huge wasn't one of my favorite games but i do remember it and i know it's been out and it's been around forever the second pick though what was the name of that game sweet home sweet home just because of the whole thing with Resident Evil and knowing that that led to that Silent Hill and everything else, I'm taking your word for it because you know your shit about games. So I think that's huge. Uh, if Brent, in my opinion, would have come forward with something else in that second category, I think you would have taken the round. But I think Mike's paired together are stronger than just the Harry Potter. I, I know if people like that are Star Wars fans, I just can't give it to that one. That's just like such a shitty star wars it's it's almost like rocky five it's the one you don't want to add to the series i didn't hear no bell <laughs> i didn't <hear> no bell <laughs> and the other thing with that is is star wars really supernatural yeah i i went back and forth you know the force and ghosts you know force ghosts yeah, and things okay. like that yeah. so uh you know and aliens always you know who knows so technically I, I they're all it. aliens because it's in space right. so yeah all right i see where you're going with i that. think it's supernatural because obi-wan's like if you strike me down i will become more powerful than you can possibly imagine yeah yeah I, I definitely think there's some kind of a supernatural feel to that whole thing and it's fantasy based true I, which i've been told not sci-fi uh even though i think it's a mixture of both but yeah for in my opinion i gotta give this one to 89 yeah i agree with man crush on this one two points over to mike ranger takes the lead in the game three points to two and control of the board for the final round and it comes down to this whoever wins this round wins the game mm, this is it i like these these are fun Especially when I'm not on that end. So, because you have control of the board, Mike Ranger, you can choose to go first or defer over to Brent Hand. Oh, I didn't think about that. You know what? I think I'm going to defer. Oh, I like deferring. So we're movies, <laughs> movies, movies. I'll, I'll, 
This one, uh, the Blair Witch product uh, project <laughs> came out in '99. Product. Uh, it's a found footage style story of three filmmakers who hiked into the Black Hills uh, outside of Maryland in '94 to film a documentary about a local legend known as the Blair Witch, and the three disappeared. But their equipment and footage is discovered a year later, and they purportedly. The, the recovered footage is the film that the viewers see. A lot of people at the time, were, you know, there's all these rumors that it was real or not. But the thing about it was is it, it popularized, popularized the whole found footage technique that so many horror stories yep. since then have went to. <clears throat> this was the pioneer. This is the one that, that came up with that. And it was a huge, huge success. It was a sleeper. It only cost about $60,000 to make it, and it made over $250 million worldwide and now it led to the shows like uh, paranormal activity and cloverfield say that they came because of yeah. uh the blair witch project it was it was a, a direct influence and, and gave them the idea for it i think you called it blair witch product again yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it was making that them money it was a hot yeah. product. <laughs> uh Number two, one of my favorites, and Supernatural, you know why. South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut came out. Satan was the huge part of this. The boys sneak into an R-rated film. Uh, Terrence and Philip, the Canadians, and they start cursing all the time, and their mothers think that it's Canada's fault, so they get the U.S. to declare war on Canada, and... It is all a ploy from Satan and Saddam Hussein to take over and rule eternal darkness on Earth. And uh, you get to see Cartman with a profanity chip getting to shoot people with electric bolts and shit like that. <laughs> and it was just a it's such a fun movie. And it's funny. It actually got an originally an NC-17 rating. And they had to cut some things, so they made the title more vulgar out of spite, bigger, longer, and uncut. And they're like, yeah, that's fine. And they actually said that the <laughs> one that they got through they think is more vulgar than the NC-17 cut, which is what you see when you see the unrated version. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's two good picks. And I yeah, I don't know if it was on an episode, but we did talk about Blair Witch a little bit. I'll get into that later. But, uh, Mike, what do you got? This is going to be tough to beat, man. He's bringing it with 89, though. Let's see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test my theory on uh, 80s versus 90s movies right here. But let's see. Where, where could I go? Okay, you know, should I uh, should I go with, uh, with a Ghostbusters 2 or uh, perhaps a Second Sight with Balky? Ooh, good choices. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want to. Don't want to do that. I think uh, what we'll do is we will go with a movie that was released on April 21st, 1989, Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. Oh. Based on the 1983 novel of the same name, the film grossed 50, $57 million on a budget of 11.5 and had a sequel in 92 and a reboot in April of 2019 with, amazing with an amazing score by Elliot Goldenthal. This film has cemented itself as a supernatural horror classic. Ground sour. Yeah, solid <laughs> pick, man. I mean, you really can't yep. go wrong with with Pet Cemetery, classic, and a sh and a shitty reboot. Did you mention that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> that came out this year, right? Yeah. Very relevant. I have not seen the reboot. Has anybody seen it? I nope. I, I don't. I'll, I'll wait till it comes out on uh, VOD or something. Just watch it. But I haven't even read anything about it, so it must not have been amazing because nobody's like blowing my doors off. And it must not be that bad because I haven't seen anybody crying about it either. So 
I mean, I like I like Pet Cemetery so much though that it'll be hard to like it no matter what, you know, just yeah, because for sure. Some of the, especially the neighbor, you know, like I said, the ground saw. He was so, the the, the guy, I can't think of his name, but he was Herman Munster. He was so yes. good. I he's so, him. he's what I think of when I think of that Same movie. here. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, and him getting his Achilles slashed. Oh, dude. Worst yeah. part of the whole dead movie, is man. better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking no fair, kids. daddy, no fair. Yeah. Fucking yeah. cringe, yeah. man. That's, what's his name? Fred something, right? Fred, yeah, yeah. Fred Gwynn. Fred Gwynn. Gwynn. Yeah, actually, funny story. My mother-in-law has a relative who dated him in high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Big cock? <laughs> yeah, huge cock. Huge, man. I don't know. Jesus. Yeah. She said it was bigger, longer, and uncut. <laughs> yes, it's a story that has gotten passed down through the generations. <laughs> Gather around, children. It's, it's time to tell the tale. Yeah, Grandma's going to talk about Herman Munster's cock. <laughs> it's huge. I used to play bass for Herman Munster's cock in high school, so that's crazy. <laughs> All right, so we got Pet Cemetery. What's the second movie? All right, next I'd like to talk about Robert England's directorial debut, released in America on March 24th, 1989, 976 Evil. The title references the 900 numbers that were popular in the 80s and 90s. The plot revolves around a satanic hotline that turn that turns the main character Spike's cousin's hoax played by 80s actor Stephen Jeffries into a satanic killer. Has anybody you guys seen yes. this? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Excellent. The film is a was a commercial and critical failure, uh but it did see a sequel in 91 and Robert England himself would not direct another film until 2008's Killer Pad, which actually sounds way worse than 976 Evil. <laughs> what is that about? Like a Oh, it's about three guys that uh, live in a haunted house, I think. Oh. They have a killer pad. Not exactly <laughs> what I, I was thinking. It was like a killer like maxi pad or something. <laughs> no, yeah. man. It's about these three dudes. They got a killer pad. And then someone shows up with and a baby. I was just going to say, yeah. And then a baby. And they have to sing to it. Satanic hymns. And then there's a ghost of a boy who might have died in that apartment hanging around. See, it all comes back to the supernatural. That would have worked. See, three minutes of baby, you could have shoved that one in here if it worked too. See? In 2008, who is still calling their place a pad? I don't know. <laughs> like, that's so fucking dated. Yo, man, you want to come over to my pad and shoot some pool? Like, what? Same people that were calling 900 numbers. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> True. Well, I mean, in 89, everybody was calling 900 numbers without your parents' permission. <laughs> well, because you're watching USA Up all night and Rhonda Shears going to the break and it's all those, remember the, pick up the phone, oh, you yes. know, they're all, like, all the women dancing and crap. We want to talk to you. Hot singles in your area want to talk to you. And they always <laughs> cranked the audio on those. So when it cut to commercial, you had oh. to turn it down because mom was going to hear what the fuck you were listening to. <laughs> oh, that was the worst. And back then, you know, you probably lost your remote and you were fucking doing everything manually. Yes, literally doing <laughs> everything manually. <laughs> oh, I miss USA up all night. That was like the greatest thing ever. Yeah, it literally show. kept me up all night. <laughs> I think that's actually what oh, got you. me into shitty movies. That and the uh, Joe yeah. Bob Riggs. Yeah, Joe Bob yeah. Riggs was yeah. awesome. And the Sarah 51, we do for our Patreons, we call them up all night. So we have a round this year at the beginning saying, welcome in for another episode of up all night. <laughs> you know, a up majority of my movie night. collection is from that show. Yeah. Wow. Right. Because you've seen all these horrible, but a lot of them so bad they're good 
movies of those days. Yep. And, well, you know what? Uh, they took they took a lot of chances. There's a lot of silly stuff. There, there's even the bad stuff is kind of entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like Deadly Prey. Not on that level bad. I'm talking like Second Sight bad. 976 Evil bad. So you're admitting that 976 Evil is bad. So this is, it's kind of easy for me. I think I already have my mind made up just because we had this discussion. I don't think it was on the show. It might have been a side conversation that we had before or after show. And we talked about the Blair Witch. And I think it's just amazing how a movie that had a $60,000 budget and just really great marketing made a shit mm-hmm. ton of money and then spurred off all these copies for years. As a matter of fact, they're still doing it yeah, in 2019. Still the, they're still trying to put that formula together yeah, and, and, yeah, and strike sure. lighting again. But as big as yeah. that movie was, Blair Witch sucks. Yeah, it's a piece Pet of shit. Pet Cemetery, yeah. on the other hand, is a legendary horror film and one of the few Stephen King movies that the ending isn't total garbage. Yeah. And then you pair that up with 976 Evil, which eh, that's not the strongest movie. So then you kind of have to go back and look at South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. And for me, that's where South Park jumped the shark. South Park, I remember when it first came out, I was in college. It was appointment viewing. When it came on, everybody went to their rooms. As soon as the episode was done everybody's dorm room all opened at once. We all filed outside, smoke a cigarette, whatever, talk. It was the only time when everybody went back to their dorm rooms. And then the movie came out. And after that, it's like, well, there's nothing they're going to be able to do that's going to top this. Because it was shock humor. So for me, anything after the movie, I didn't really care for. That being said, uh, I still have to give the round to Mike. With Pet Cemetery over Bigger, Longer, and Uncut and the Blair Witch Project. I just think as culturally significant as Blair Witch is and South Park was, still, Pet Cemetery is still legendary in my eyes. And 976 Evil, not the best movie, but it definitely has a place in horror. I think it, it opened up a lot of different doors. 900 parodies like 1900 parodies no like, it's like on. what you were saying it's one of those movies there's nothing special about it but it's one of those movies in that up all night joe bob briggs era that we all really love those movies so you're gonna give a i don't know man joe bob's rig yeah or uh an up all night movie versus south park it's that's a tough sell dude i, I just I don't see it. I could see putting Pet Cemetery slightly ahead of Blair Witch, but Blair Witch, you know, it went on for so long, you know, and then it had a shitty sequel. So you got to give it props on having a sequel, but it made a ton of fucking money and just spurred off all these other movies. It's hard for me to neglect that and just not look at that. So you want to go with Brent on this round? I kind of do. See, and I kind of say Mike on this round. So if we split the difference and each give them a point, we have a tie. Actually, yeah, let's do that. Let's break the tie right here. You guys just, we'll give you a minute or two. Look for a third movie to break the tie. How's that? All right. Yeah, because I, I think it's so close. It is. I see it both ways. So let's uh, let's go to the third movie. We'll wipe out these first two. Ready when you are. All right, one verse one. Oh, you already found it? 
I I had it. I had to look it back up to remember what it was, but I had one that I I went back and forth on on if I was going to put it in or not. All right, let's go to Brent first then. All right, so Supernatural. This was hard. There was a bunch of movies, so I almost put this one in. Uh, I didn't, but The Sixth Sense by M. Yeah. Remember, I see dead people. Yeah. You know, and that started that whole twisty turny, you know, and uh, back when Haley Joel Osment didn't look like he had a weather balloon for a head. Uh, Before he had AIDS is what happened. <laughs> right. Goddamn Walker. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yes, exactly. And I'm talking about his character on Texas Walker Ranger. He yes, exactly. Right. No, geez, no. <laughs> it's OK. I have AIDS. <laughs> Walker told me I have AIDS. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, just such a fun movie. The first time you watch it, though, it's awesome. And then after that, it's kind of ruined for you. And then M. Night Shyamalan movies, you knew what you were getting into, but that one was that slow burn where you didn't know what was happening and you didn't realize uh, that the reveal was going to be the reveal. Well, the question I have, Brent, is going into this round, into the movies round, mm-hmm. we're in a supernatural battle here. <laughs> yeah. Why did I pick what I picked? And you picked South Park. Because it's still on television and had Satan, and I figured you would look at it and say, oh, my God, like, you know, M. Night Shyamalan had all these movies that went to crap, and South Park is still a juggernaut that's making money hand over fist 20 years later, Um, and has had multiple movies, so I just looked at that as, like, that was the... Uh, you know, to me. Okay. <laughs> I, I agree better. with that line of thinking. Mark no, no, it makes sense. He didn't agree with that. And no, I understand it. It makes sense. I know a lot of people that didn't like The Sixth Sense. I was also going to throw in, I was also going to throw in The Matrix was my other one too, which, you know, Fucking and shit. there was so many movies, I didn't know which way to go. So I went with, yeah. And The Matrix, another one, the sequels were terrible, you know, but the first one was great. And, you know, but then I didn't know if it really went under supernatural or not or if it's just ai and shit like that yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, that that I one is that. a little bit questionable great movie it's a yeah. little bit questionable but you pulled out an ace with that one so i'm interested to see what mike's got for this now hopefully it's not ghostbusters 2 so there's this movie called second sight uh with Balky <laughs> and um uh he's uh he's in the detective biz with a uh, psychic whiz John uh, Larquette is in it. Oh, man. Is that really your is third everybody... one? <laughs> well, honestly, man, you, my other... there's He was going to pull out Ghostbusters 2. Well, <laughs> well I, I actually was going to pull out Ghostbusters 2, but, I mean, you've got the... There's other things, but I don't think things like The Abyss are very appealing, really, and then, like, fucking... Have you seen the alternate ending to The Abyss? It's such a better movie. I haven't. I haven't. I I would... I'd probably... I would watch that. Watch it, and you'll go, why did they not make that movie? It changes the whole tone. It's so much better. Yeah. I mean, there's Halloween 5, but I don't think anybody really likes Halloween 5. No. You know, most people lean towards the fourth one. Was that the return of Michael Myers? Is that what it was called? Yeah, that and that's where they really like start to the, the thorn thing comes into play yeah. a little bit more. John Cross loves Halloween Five. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know what, I'm I'm gonna go with Second Sight because you know what, the whole movie's about ESP. All right, cool is that? Yeah, definitely ties into our category. I don't know if it's as strong as your other two movies, where Brent came with one that could be considered stronger. I probably should have had that at the top of my list. Should have. Now looking back, uh, I hit my head earlier today. No. <laughs> so I don't know. For my dollar, man, geez, 
this really throws a wrench into the whole game, but I got to swing back now over to Brent on this one because Sixth Sense, that was a huge movie, man. Mike could have said if there was no second sight, you wouldn't have Sixth Sense. No, I'll I'll throw the bullshit flag on that one, but. (laughs) Bullshit. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Sixth Sense. That's such a huge movie. And then, like you said, like Shyamalama Ding Dong and the rest of his movies (laughs) suck, I thought, but. That was like a really good one. And it was so good, I think, that it ruined all his other movies because right, at that point- Right, because you knew you that knew. he was like a one-trick pony kind yep. of, which is unfortunate. But um, And it also ruins that movie. You got to watch that movie twice because the first time you go, ah, and then the second time you got to watch everything that you missed. And then yep. after that, it's kind of done for you. You know, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe go back to it every once in a while, but it, it doesn't have a ton of, of rewatch, at least to me. How how often would you rewatch Second Sight? Well, I actually watch it at least once a year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, while I'm eating some, you know, rum raisin ice cream. Uh, Happens in the movie, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I guess it all boils down to that. I'm going to go for Brent. I think Man Crush is in agreement. Same. Same. Brent wins the round and the game. I'd like to thank the Academy. I'd like to thank my 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 wife. Um, thank God, without him, all this is possible. <laughs> now, ha- had I chosen Ghostbusters two, would that have worked out for me at all? Nah, I don't think it would have made a difference. I mean, I I always thought Ghostbusters two was like such a ho hum sequel. I never liked mm-hmm. it. Never went back to it. I think I might have seen it twice ever. That's a movie that's grown on me. I yes. think at the time, I remember seeing that in the theater and my friends being all pissed off. But now I, I actually like that one. And we were talking about NES, the NES Advantage. They used that to control the Statue of Liberty in the, oh, that's the movie. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, little things like that. Nineteen uh, uh, really were awesome. You know, also that same year, Karate Kid three came out. I also saw that in the theater. That's supernatural because there's no fucking way that uh, Daniel Larusso could beat up anybody <laughs> three times. Yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations to Brent for pulling out a victory here on his first appearance here on our show. Now, if you've missed an episode, you can always go back on DuelingDecades.com and listen to all of our episodes. Now, Brent, if they want to listen to your episodes of Hysteria 51, tell our listeners where they can go. You can go to Hysteria51.com. We're on Facebook. We have a Facebook group, Hysteria Nation. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can find us. We are on the iHeartRadio app. We are on CastBox. We are on Pandora. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere. So if you can't remember it, Hysteria51.com. Very simple, very easy. Uh, it's a good thing you brought up CastBox. Uh, this episode will be out on Wednesday and actually tomorrow. If you're listening to this in six months from now, this is not going to matter. So don't look on CastBox. If you listen to this on July 24th, just know that tomorrow, July 25th, live on CastBox, we're going to be having our live trivia again, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be there. It was fun as shit last time. We went for about an hour and a half. We had 50 questions. Uh, It was a really tight race. It actually came down to a tie at the end, just like this one did. Um So come on, join us and be on the trivia leaderboard. We got a lot of people on there now. Uh, And I think uh, Daniel's son, speaking of Karate Kid, is uh, the guy's (laughs) handle. Uh, He's in first place, uh, I think, right now with like 80 points. So anybody's game, you can catch up. Uh, We haven't been running that board for too long. So check that out. 
Thursday. So if I go on there, I can still take the name Terry Silver, right? You got that's, fuck. That's open. Oh, dude, that would be fucking <laughs> amazing. Should totally do that, man. Toxic Dump Barnes. 69, that one's open too, uh, I hope. Actually, the only one that you can't take that's pretty awesome is Serious Fucking Business. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, the guy was in the chat. He was on the live. I was like, I'm reading it. And it's like written like a license plate. It's like SRS yeah. FKN BZ. I was like, what the fuck does that? Oh, <laughs> serious fucking business. Well, all joking aside, you guys will know when I play because my name will be Herman Munster's cock. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, fellow duelers, we're going to bid you a peace, love, light, and a joy. Have a grateful week, everyone. Infirmary Media.